Hi, I'm Luke, and I am one half of the writers, producers, and performers here on the radio program. We won't mention which half, or whether it's better than all the other halves. Suffice it to say, I play a big role around here. And not just when it comes to Doctor Who trivia and D&D strategies. No, no, I am quite the decision maker. And in my capacity here at the radio program as important decision maker, I would like to speak directly to you, the listening audience, and offer my sincerest apologies for any distress that may have been caused by the prior episodes. The low quality of the so-called humorous content is directly attributable to certain individuals who make up other fractions of the production crew on the radio program campus. Steps have been taken by me to correct the levels of silliness, whimsy, jocularity, and irreverent reverency so that we can bring only the finest handcrafted humor such as has not been seen since it was last seen. And so, apologies now offered, and one hopes heard by the throngs of angry listeners who have been graciously filling the fountain in our lobby. We bring you the improved, more mature, more refined, and, dare I say, more deeply moving version of the radio program. We welcome you now to Extraordinary People, a program about people who are more ordinary than anyone else. And now, permit me to introduce a man who needs no introduction, Dr. Sir Nigel Wetners, professor of psychology and flightless seabird who perches on cliffs and leaps into freezing ocean swells. Dr. Sir. Thank you, Mummy. In the course of my researches, I discovered a patient who claims he is capable of shapeshifting. Once the exclusive realm of comic books and political debate, shapeshifting is apparently real. Or so our patient would have us believe. As a man of science, I of course carry an extreme level of skepticism. I have therefore invited our subject to demonstrate for us, live here on this pre-recorded broadcast, his extraordinary abilities. Mr. Filibuster, can I ask you to join us in the studio? I'm already here. Ah, sorry. Didn't see you there. Is it true that you can assume any shape you wish, limited only by your imagination? Yes, that's right. When did you first realize that you had this incredible gift? Just around the time I was getting out of school, I suppose. One day in my advanced accounting theory course, a schoolmate of mine walked right past me, didn't even say hello. I had assumed her mind was elsewhere, but I asked her about it later, and she said she hadn't seen me at all. And that was because? I, I assumed that I had uh, taken the shape of my surroundings, much like a chameleon, Nigel. Which is rather a lot different from shapeshifting, isn't it? Indeed it is, Nigel. At the time, I surmised that my powers stopped with changes in skin pigmentation. But as I was to discover, I was gifted with gifts well beyond my wildest dreams. And how did you discover these additional gifts? Uh, it was shortly after I began my working life as a certified public accountant. Late one night, I was working on adding a load of numbers when one of the partners walked into the stairwell where I was sitting, and she asked me if I would like to try an assignment as a 
forensic accountant. Instantly, I changed from the financial accountant I was at the time and assumed an entirely new dynamic shape. And things progressed from there? Indeed they did, Nigel. Sometime later, I transformed myself into an accounts payable specialist, taking yet another exotic form. There really is no end to what I can do. I see. I believe you said in your book, Why Don't These Bloody Numbers Add Up?, that your powers of shapeshifting are limited only by your imagination. Is that correct? Indeed they are, Nigel. As you can see from the twisted path I have described to you, my imagination is absolutely limitless which Merriam-Webster defines as... I know what limitless means. It literally means without, you know, limits. Tomorrow, I'm thinking of transforming my physical body self into an income tax accountant, or perhaps a valuation expert I haven't decided yet. You see, the process of transformation requires tremendous amounts of energy and pain. I mean, have you ever had the experience of tasting your own liver... I can safely say that I have not. Neither have I, actually. But I have had a really bad cramp in my calf just around here. It must have been three, four minutes before the soreness went away. But if imagination is the only limit, then why not take the shape of something a little further afield, say, an orangutan or Winston Churchill? The world's full of them, though, isn't it? But how many licensed professionals are there? Armies of them. Well, armies if any of them were able to fight. Mr. Filibuster, might I suggest that you are, in fact, a certified public accountant who has simply held different roles within the industry throughout the course of his career? What about the six months I spent in insurance? Our cheap joke of the day comes from Norwich, Vermont, and the Edgerton family of 23 Lawrence Road. What do you call a bucket of Oreos, beer, and phlegm? Grandpa! Ha 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 Hey, Oscar, it's been a long time. Hello there, Mario. Uh, it's Steve, actually. Are you sure? Fairly confident. If you say so. Anyway, uh, how are the wife and kids? Oh, fine, fine, thank you. Just starting ninth grade. Hey, I have a son named Jeff. And Stephanie's been working on her master's at night. Wait a minute. Stephanie is my wife's name, and she's working on a master. Are you talking about my family? Sorry, w when you said the wife and kids, I assumed you meant yours. I think I know how my wife and kids are doing. Do you, though? Do you mean you've been talking to my wife and my kids? Didn't they tell you? What's there to tell? Well, that's odd. The other day, when I was helping Jeff with his algebra homework, I told him specifically to mention to you that I had been spending time over there. What? What do you mean? In in my house? Love what you've done with the place. I might have gone with a different shade of sea foam on the curtains, though. That that was Stephanie's choice. But 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 why would you? Hmm. That's not what Steffi says. Hey, hang on, hang on. Hey, that that's my nickname for her. Look, last weekend when she and I were at the cabin in the Berkshires, she said she was visiting her sister. She mentioned how distracted you've been with work and all. Glad I could take her mind off it. No need to thank me. You you've taken over my entire life. How dare you? How dare you, sir? This is intolerable. This is outrageous. Listen, if you're not going to finish your sandwich, I'll take it. I haven't had anything all day. Sounds like you've been having quite a lot. Like another man's family. Can I take your order? Sure, I'll have what he's having. If it'll make you feel better, you can visit on Sunday. I live there. I didn't want to say this, 
But maybe, if you were around more often, Jeff wouldn't need so much help with algebra, and Lucinda might have been able to sell off more of those Girl Scout cookies I had to twist every parent's arm at her last soccer game. And maybe Steffi wouldn't cry herself to sleep at night, wondering why you don't love her anymore. She does that? Nah, she just hates you. Good sandwich. Do you think there's too much merriment in the world? Are people not as serious as you think they should be in today's topsy-turvy, roundabout, spit-roasted world? Are jokes, quips, and comedic interludes interfering with your laser focus on solving the world's problems? You're not alone, my friend. Here at the Enemies of Comedy, we believe that sketch comedy can be eradicated in our time. With your generous donation of mere thousands of dollars a day, we can return to a more austere way of life. A time before chuckles, giggles, and laugh-induced flatulence. Please give excessively before another child smiles. Hi. Tonight on Long Awkward Pauses, we have the world's greatest radio ventriloquist, Mr. Owen Cash and Wizzo. We're very excited to be here, aren't we, Wizzo? Yes, we are. Very. I just flew in from Scranton. No, you didn't. I was setting up a joke, Wizzo. You couldn't set up a bag of Doritos. I don't know what that means. You call me a dummy. I think you owe me an apology. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry you're ugly and stupid. Wizzo, we don't talk to people like that. Most people aren't as stupid as you. Anyway. Or as ugly. Uh, a horse walks into a bar. The doorway's too small for a horse. It's a large doorway. How'd the horse get there in the first place? I should point out that Mr. Cash actually believes this bit is funny. He is wrong. And I apologize to everyone in the listening audience, nay, to humanity itself, for the inane dreck coming from Mr. Cash. Please, continue. Nobody said anything about my comedy working, did they, Wizzo? No, they didn't, moron. At this point, I should also point out that Mr. Cash does not, in fact, have a ventriloquist dummy, but uh, is only moving his hand in a general mouth-like fashion. Do, do, do you want to see my juggling act? Please, go. Just go. That is the end of the episode. Thank you for listening, you great big turd blossoms. <laughs>